Welcome to the Scott Ross Discipleship Podcast. Scott has been discipling men and women for more than 20 years and is passionate about helping you grow into the full measure of the maturity of Christ. Grab your Bible, something to write with, and your favorite warm beverage, and let's listen as Scott takes us deeper in our walk with God. All right, so I didn't do all of this. We will do this, but I just made a little list. where We're going we're to talk about the nature of the Holy Spirit, the, re, the relationship of the Holy Spirit to God the Father and God the Son, the work of the Holy Spirit prior to the incarnation and salvation and sanctification, the gifts of the Spirit, and the relationship of the Holy Spirit to the church. And, of course, we will get into all this stuff um, as well. And hold me accountable, you know, um, if you get antsy and you're like, man, we've been talking about this for a couple weeks and we haven't hit my topic yet. Are you sure you're going to get there? I'll let you know if it's coming or if I've forgotten about it. But this is really, really good. I think we're going to be edified by this. So, Holy Spirit, person or influence? Let me ask you this. If I ask the average person, is God, I'm sorry, is Jesus a person? What do you think the answer would be? Yes. Yes. And if I said, is God the Father a person, what do you think the answer would be? Maybe it would take them a little longer, right, to think about it. But what do you think the answer would be if I say, is God the Father a person? Yeah. I'd say most people relate to a human, wouldn't they? Hmm? Would most people relate the word person to a human? They might. But you're talking about God the Father, right? God the Father. Is God the Father a person? Most people will think about it and go, mm, yeah. But then if I say, is the Holy Spirit a person? It's an it. What will you hear? Will you get a, will you get a definitive yes out of all the people, the same people? No. no. And I'm going to give you a little warning now. I'm going to give you the end of the test or the end of the story before we start the story. And that is that you one of the fastest ways... To note or to identify error is the Holy Spirit being referred to as it. So, for instance, you know, going way back when I first got saved, and uh, there's a guy named Hank Hanegraaff who had a radio show called The Bible Answer Man, and he wrote um, a book called Christianity and Chaos, and it was about all of these modern teachers and their use of the idea of the Holy Spirit in their work. People like Rodney Howard Brown, the Toronto Revival, if you remember the Toronto Revival happening in the 90s or the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, There's just a bunch of them, the Vineyard Movement. But one of the things he did in the book is he had all these footnotes. It was before the internet, but he had where you could, he would have um, in the audio version, he had the actual recordings of these people talking. And uh, I had the tapes of that because I wanted to hear it because I read the book before I got the tapes, but he mentions that I have all these recordings. And um, that was something you would hear said all the time. Like, Oh, I see the Holy Spirit. It just hit that guy. It just landed on that guy. It, 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 it. You'll hear the Holy Spirit referred to as it. And you often, even if people will not say it outright, in their mind, their understanding of the Holy Spirit is that it is this sort of 
influence in the world. It's like the force in Star Wars. It's this impersonal power that's kind of flowing through the world and might even emanate from God. Like the Holy Spirit is just God the Father's power, his force going out like air, like wind or whatever, like a flood over the world. And that is not what Scripture teaches. Now, this idea was first launched by the same guy we talked about before, which is Arius. And he said the Holy Spirit was only the exerted energy of God. Since God the Father is a person, his personality may manifest itself, and that manifestation of the personality of the Father is the exercised energy that goes forth from the Father. Now, Arius was condemned at the Council of Nicaea in 325. And we already talked about the Christological aspect of his heresy, but he very much had a Holy Spirit aspect or a pneumatological aspect to his heresy. Now, even though Arianism was condemned in 325, it just wouldn't die. So after the Protestant Reformation, you had a new guy show up named Sosinus, and he revived that Arian heresy. He denied the personality of the Holy Spirit, and he took it one step further, saying that the Spirit is the eternally proceeding energy of God. And since God is eternal and God is a person, was always manifesting power, that eternal manifestation of the power of God was the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit. And this heresy is the underpinnings for Unitarianism today. And basically, all the doctrines that deny the personhood of the Holy Spirit end up going sideways. So I said before that every cult in the world has one commonality, and that is that they change something about the nature of Christ. They, they mess with Christ. That's the thing that goes wrong. But there are many, many, many heresies that in addition mess with the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Yes? In a big Bible church down the tollway that we used to attend, we used to help out with elementary school kids. And they had this uh, program. It was orange. Um, was it orange? They're out of Oklahoma. What was the name of it? Anyway, it's called Orange. And, it, and they had these packets. Well, one day it was about the Holy Spirit. And it was this. And I sent it to the, the person over the ministry, the elementary school. And this and that, and, and I said, is anyone in reading this stuff before you're sending it to the kids? They're teaching heresy to the elementary school kids. It was it, and the, the it's like a wind, and it's the energy of God, and all this stuff. And I'm like, this is totally wrong. And it was like no one really cared mm. to see. I mean, there, there should have been an uproar for sure. But they kept they kept the they paid a subscription to have this orange teaching. Yeah, most part it was good, but that part was just blatant. Mm. It's mind-boggling. Well, and all of this kind of ties into my stupid esoterical question because ever since Locke, well, I love his political ideas, but if you can't observe it, it doesn't exist. It became a huge thing, and so if it's not something that you can, you know, empirically observe, it doesn't exist. And that came out of the Enlightenment. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit. You have to deny it because, unlike Jesus, at least you can't very well say, well, he was here. Right. You know? Correct. Yeah, well, enlightenment thinking, you know, this is, 
I'm going to just sidestep pneumatology for one second and be on a soapbox for 20 seconds and I'll get off. In America, we have a problem in that patriotism and Christianity have melded into a single religion. And we can't dissect the two anymore. We don't can't discern where one stops and the other starts anymore. And America is entrenched in Enlightenment thinking, the founding of America. And if we want to be followers of Christ, we've got to go peel that back and realize where the Enlightenment thinkers were without a doubt off the reservation, biblically, biblically and theologically, and be able to parse that out. And so you're, you're mentioning that that is one aspect of Enlightenment thinking that is without a doubt pervaded and definitely affected people like Jefferson, you know. But anyway, so yes, the, the, the reason I'm, I'm addressing this, do you have a question, Steve? Yeah, so the Enlightenment happened in the 1600s and 1700s, and it was just the, you know, a lot of the notions that we have today around the, uh, the value of the individual and individual rights and liberty, but then it also had all these things to do with the emergence of science, the emergence of logic, the emergence of mathematics, and the ability of the individual through technology, through science, through logic, through mathematics to solve problems and create the world that we want to create. Man can make his destiny. Correct. Well, not necessarily. One doesn't have to come without the other. But, but yes. I mean, there were tons of Enlightenment thinkers who were Christians. But in the Enlightenment, there's a lot of philosophical underpinnings to Enlightenment thinking that are contrary to what is biblical, right? And, I mean, we all do it. I mean, you know, I'm not without error for sure. I mean, there's things about me just the way I perceive the world that it's a blind spot for me, and I have to always be. This is where we're going to talk about this right here, the relationship of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit playing a role in our lives. We have to constantly be willing to humble ourselves and say, where is some ingrained thing that I believe blinding me from what is biblical. And it's like to Wayne's point this morning, the fourth thing he said, not my will, but thy will be done. You know, like, anyway, I could go on, but yes. Right there, that, that verse, not, not my will, but thy will be done. Uh-huh. I think that's the ultimate question with everything we do. Mm-hmm. It personally... At least with me, when I'm not doing something I'm supposed to or doing something I'm not supposed to, it mm-hmm. comes down to that very question, mm-hmm. that very statement right there. Yeah, I mean, I say something that's super controversial all the time, and people, like, look at me, and they want to rip my head off sometimes. But we say, I pledge allegiance to what? Do you? Do you pledge allegiance to a flag, or do you pledge allegiance to a risen Christ? They don't go together. You cannot serve God and mammon. Is your God your country, or is your God God? Now, I'm a, I served in the military. I'm all about it. Trust me. But see, this is the stuff where we, as we as a culture, like, and and by the way, the the non-believers notice. The non-believers notice that we have things that we say are the most important things, and then we have things that we operate on, and it's actually not what we said was the most important thing. Like this, uh, we were using this Georgia thing as an example. I've seen Christians more excited about Georgia than they've ever been about Jesus in their life. 
They are moving there. They are driving there. They are holding rallies. None of it is to give out gospel tracts, I can tell you that. And I'm not putting them down. God bless them for doing what they believe in. I'm just saying that we start, the Enlightenment definitely plays a role in, in American Christianity. Okay, with that said, Scripture affirms the personhood of, Jesus, of the Holy Spirit. The personhood of the Holy Spirit. And I wanted to start with this because we are going to study what Scripture says about the Holy Spirit from the very beginning, but we've got to make sure we have the correct foundation. And that is every time we see the Holy Spirit mentioned in Scripture, we are talking about a person, not a force, not an influence, not an idea, not something that's emanating from God, but an actual person, the third person of the Trinity. I think one of the problems I have as, as I'm thinking about this um, is spirit and person seem opposite to me. Like, I mean, I, I know it's not, mm -hmm. like, but that's the way we talk about it. Sure. You're either, you're either a person or there's a spirit. Right. So that's a great question. So let me let's talk about God the Father to make it make more sense. God the Father is spirit by nature. He does not have physicality. He does not take up three-dimensional space. Right? No matter involved in God the Father. But when we talk about theism as a concept, we have to draw the lines of are we talking about impersonal theism, which would be like pantheism? Or are we saying that there is a, or is it a personal theism? How has God revealed himself? And there's a clear line of demarcation between the religious systems that say God is impersonal. It's the river, it's the rock, it's the universe. Versus God is personal. Judaism, Islam, Christianity. Right? And we can make some inferences about the nature of God from the universe itself, which he told us in Romans and, of course, through special revelation, such as Scripture and His prophets and His Son, right? So we know that God the Father is, so we as Christians affirm a personal deity when we say that, right? It's not an impersonal deity. So in the same way, the Holy Spirit, are we saying that the Holy Spirit is a force that emanates from the personal deity, or are we saying that the Holy Spirit is a person in in the same way that the Father is a person? Yeah. Right. We tend to blend and, person with corporeal. Right. And so I, the word I wrote down as soon as you said that was entity. Mm -hmm. But the Holy Spirit, the entity is defined as a thing with distinct and independent existence. Yeah, but I would I would just say that that chair is an entity as well. So the thing, the thing that dif distinguishes personhood is, you know, and I mean, this gets really philosophical if you want to, but consciousness, agency. agency. Yeah. Well, the Holy Spirit definitely has agency. The Holy Spirit is, and, and, and it, you know, it gets into the mystery of the Trinity, but we as Christians who are inside of orthodoxy affirm that God is one in three persons. And, and we can see the scripture is going to teach that. And one other thought that I'm struggling with, and it's just word usage in my understanding. Sure. Is uh, you say emanate from, uh -huh. 
and then I think of the Nicene train and proceed mm -hmm. from. Mm -hmm. So are those different terminologies? Yes. And, and I'll give you an analogy, but we'll talk about that. That's great. I want to talk about the proceed thing, so I'm going to write that down, actually. But if I came to your house and you're like, hey, I came to your house for dinner, and you're like, man, I forgot to get the Cool Whip for the pie. Would you run over to Walmart and pick it up? I could proceed from you to go get the Cool Whip at Walmart. Ah, okay. Does that make sense? Right, exactly. Okay, so, 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 but, but, like, if Sheila asked me to pick up the Cool Whip and I blew it off, when I walk in the house, a spirit might be emanating from her, right? That's not holy, by the way, but, <laughs> do y'all see the difference between those two? Okay, thanks. Okay, let's yes. Put, let's put um, what she said up there, because I thought it was good, like, how is a spirit a person? How is Numa? How is the Holy Spirit a person and a spirit? Okay, like, got it. Yeah, and it, it's a good question. I'm not demeaning it in any way, but you know, we think we don't really think of, have a problem thinking about it if we give it a second thought. And what I mean by that is like, like when someone close to us that we know is a Christian passed away. We say they're, they're with God now, right? Well, do we think their physical body is there? But we think their full consciousness is there, correct? Like I know that my mom right now is in heaven. She's with her parents right now. Her parents are there. They're, they're, those people are there. But they're not, they're not physical yet. But it's, it's still like why does God even need the third person? It's God the Father, God the Son... Why is there the Spirit if you've already got God the Father and God the Son? Like, well, the necessity of God, the necessity of the Holy Spirit. I don't even want to talk about that topic. No, I'm just saying my brain's going. Okay. Always was. Exactly. Like, like in, in I mean, in, in, in here's the thing too is it's a relationship. In reality, we, I mean, and and please don't uh, don't misunderstand what I'm about to say because I am not wanting in any way to be heretical. I'm fearful of that. But did God if there if, 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 if did God need there to be a second person to become the son to be the son? Or could he have taken on the form of the son? He could have, right? We could theorize that it was possible. But that's not how it works. That's not who what he has affirmed is true and that's not who he has revealed himself to be. Yeah. It's, it's like you don't need to be as beautiful as you are. You just are. And there's just nothing I can, I mean, you know, there we go. I was thinking, like, and I hope I didn't, I hope you didn't take my comment as like a heretical. No, 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 no. It's a good question. I'm just saying, just even thinking for like this amount of time on the Holy Spirit, it does really cause me to just marvel yes. at the fact that God is Trinity. Yes. And... I mean, he's given us that information, that truth. So now it's just like trying to grapple and yes. digest it. It's and I didn't take it that you were being controversial. It's a great question. I'm just saying that, you know, his nature is what it is. And he is simply revealing himself to us. And 
you know, we can see some blessings that come from his nature being what it is, and I'm fast forwarding, but for instance, he tells us that it is good that Jesus says it's good for him to depart so that the Holy Spirit can come. So that having the third person of the Trinity becomes a big blessing to us. And that gets back to the big question, or the, the thing we talked about when you weren't here, is when we die, we have the Holy Spirit forever yes. in us. Yes. And, and then in, in our resurrected body, too. So. But that certain question brings up something that would be good to keep in mind when we study this, just like we do with Christology. We can study this all day long, yeah. and at some point we will hit a wall where yeah. we are just not going to get it. Right. Because it's like, it's like, <laughs> but, I mean, no matter how much we study. Yeah. Well, Mike will get it, but the rest of us, we will struggle. Somebody who lives in circle world just can't grasp what a sphere is. Yeah. Somebody who lives in square world can't grasp what a cube is. Yes. Yeah. Just not going Always to happen until we're perfected someday. No question. Well, I have a bunch of scripture we're about to go through. We are out of time that's going to affirm this, okay? But this is exciting, yes? Yeah. Um, I'm excited to go down this journey with you. And, um, you know, let's hold each other accountable to stay out of the ditches. Yeah. And um, to pursue what... So going forward, will the incorrect doctrination being read... Red screen with white letters. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I will make sure it's very clear. If we put something that's error on the screen, it will be like, I don't know, we'll have fireworks go off or something letting you know. that it. with an Astros theme, then just put the Yankees logo next to the Okay, you got it. You got it. All right, guys, God bless you. Um, uh, we will, uh, it's Christmas before we see each other again, so... Merry Christmas as a class to you guys, and we'll be here on Christmas Eve. I hope to see you guys there. Thanks for listening. We pray this has been edifying. If you've enjoyed the show, please give us a shout-out on your favorite social media platform. Scott's username on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram is Scott Ross Online. That's Scott Ross Online, all one word. Also, please remember to go to scottrossonline.com to subscribe catch up on past episodes, and discuss what you've learned with others. Until next time, continue to walk in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. God bless you.